Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. And we are live with the Standing Room Spartans podcast. Your host, Kevin Parker, your co-host, Scott Martin, here to preview a huge game against the Indiana Hoosiers. I, I think this, this is a really weird spot, and we, we'll go into more detail about it in terms of where we are in the Indiana schedule is huge. Uh, but where this game is on Michigan State's schedule is massive. We know we have the bye week coming up before uh, a showdown on October 30th against Michigan. This is a huge game for both teams. I, I don't say that lightly. I, I think all the preseason expectations, you know, it's 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 still a big game for both teams. We'll get into all of it. Uh, I'm really excited for this episode, and, and I'm really excited to watch this game. But, Scott, it's uh, Wednesday morning for the people. It's Tuesday morning for us. Uh, how are we doing? 6-0. and oh, How could you complain? I did find out through a little bit of troubleshooting this morning that my mute button on my microphone doesn't work anymore. So you guys have been getting unfiltered me. Um, for and Padfoot at times. I don't times. know how long. And <laughs> Padfoot at times. So I hope you enjoy the background of my life. Uh, and hopefully I didn't say anything traumatizing, but that aside, um, we're halfway through the season. We're six and oh, and, uh, as I like to say, the train keeps chugging along. So like you said, trap game, I mean, Rutgers, some people were saying it, I think this one way more. So is, is it spooky? Um, the line's at like three, three and a half, which is spooky. Um, Indiana's coming off a bye, which is spooky. So it's, uh, yeah, it feels like October out here. It's getting scarier and scarier. And uh, hopefully we can uh, stay focused for this one. Obviously a big matchup coming up the game after this one with a bye week sandwiched in between. But for now, all eyes on Indiana. And uh, yeah, we'll see how we can, uh, how we can match up here. Yeah, I saw a lot of stuff on Twitter when that line opened at MSU minus three uh, in Bloomington. And there were a lot of people I saw out there that were, you know, oh, hammer Michigan State. How is this line only three? I'll, I'll just give you the cliff notes here. Uh, Indiana has three losses. They're all against teams that are currently ranked in the top 10. It's against Iowa on the road. It's against Penn State on the road at night and it's against Cincinnati. They're coming off a bye, like you mentioned. It's at home. It's their homecoming game. They are a desperate football team right now. 
Their next stretch of games is Michigan State, Ohio State, at Maryland, at Michigan. And they're two and three right now. They have to have this game. Um, so as far as like all the off-field storylines that go into this one, uh, this is a spot that scares the hell out of me. Uh, but like I said, we'll get into all of that. Before we do, we have a message from our friends at DraftKings. Look, it's another week of the NFL season. It's another week of the college football season, which means it's another chance to to dial up some picks with the DraftKings Sportsbook. They're an official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers can bet just $1 on any NFL game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a point. The last 0-0 tie in the NFL was 1943. So I'd say this is pretty good odds here. Uh, if DraftKings isn't available, if the sports book isn't available in your state, uh, you can still play for huge cash prizes all season long with daily fantasy sports contests. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TPPN. Throw in $1 on any NFL game. Must be an NFL game. And win $100 in free bets if either team scores a point. That's promo code TPPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook. TPPN, of course, standing for the Pigskin Podcast Network, of which we are a proud member, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only, new customers only, minimum $5 deposit, $1 wager required, one per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call one 800 gambler um i'm i'm gonna roll into some stuff about indiana here i i spent a lot of this morning first of all trying to find things to read from like indiana beat reporters of which there are are not very many uh, i had to dig deep uh one thing that's nice about Mich- being a michigan state fan that i guess we don't appreciate too often is is there's a lot of options for us but um no this indiana team like i said they're in a, a weird spot here on the schedule Again, three losses, all against top 10 teams right now. Uh, the thing that's that's really interesting about Indiana is, is we remember last year, that high-powered offense led by Michael Penix, they were, they were lighting up everybody, including Ohio State. They were scoring 30 points a game. Um, this year, it, it's just been really absent to a certain extent. I mean, I, I pulled up some numbers here. Against those three top 10 teams, so against Iowa, against Cincinnati, against Penn State, good defenses, if not great defenses, but they are currently in those three games, they have committed nine turnovers in those three games. On top of that, they are averaging just 10 points per game. And this is an offense that even when you include now all right, we'll bring in Western Kentucky into the mix. We'll bring in Idaho into the mix. Two teams with bad defenses that, you know, Western Kentucky we saw firsthand. Indiana is currently 107th in total offense in the FBS. They are 102nd in rushing offense. They are 120th in passing efficiency. And, you know, they've, they've had a couple drives that have stalled early. Uh, but when they get down to the red zone, they are 102nd in red zone offense. This is a, an Indiana offense that has just not found its footing at all. And on top of that, their, my, their starting quarterback, Michael Penix, went down with a shoulder injury. 
they're they're not really saying anything on him. They're saying, you know, he's week to week, but the the vibe I'm getting is that he's probably out, which means backup quarterback Jack Tuttle comes in. Uh, who has played a, a little bit. He has over 500 yards in his career. He's thrown for a few touchdown passes. He's been forced into playing time. Um, we know the injury history of Michael Penix. So he was a highly rated recruit. He's got a good arm. We'll get into him. But um, running backs, you know, their backup, Ellis, he's out for the year. They had two guys enter the transfer portal. So at running back, they have Stephen Carr. He's a good player, transferred in from UFC, USC. But behind him are only walk-ons and freshmen. Uh, defensive backs have been injured. They had, at times this year, their top two safeties have missed games. Their top four cornerbacks have all missed games. They have had a rough go of the first five games of the season. I, I basically just mentioned we were, we were talking before the podcast started with Scott and I, and it was like, this bye week couldn't come at a better time for Indiana with just how everything has come together for them through five weeks coming off of a shutout loss on the road at Penn state 24 to nothing at a night game at happy Valley guys are injured guys are banged up this, this bye week couldn't come at a better time for them and, and getting Indiana coming out of this bye, desperate, desperate football team, is not a spot I love to be in as a Michigan State guy here. But, you know, here we are coming in again, a three-point favorite right now. It, it might have moved a little bit since we looked uh, yesterday. I haven't looked this morning. But tough spot for Michigan State. Um, Scott, you know, I guess just kind of general thoughts here, and then we'll dive into the Michigan State offense and how we can attack this Indiana defense, which – you know, has put up, has, has allowed some points, but it's still doing pretty good. I have some numbers to back that up, but any general thoughts here going into the Indiana game here, uh, Saturday noon kickoff, uh, on FS one, I believe. Yeah, this is, uh, it's a game we should win, which I don't say it's a positive, uh, it, for this one. It's one of those games that everyone is likely going to expect us to win both in our camp and nationally. And there's a lot playing into the upset bid. Uh, I mentioned, uh, you mentioned they're desperate. They're coming off a bye. It's their homecoming. Uh, I know a couple folks going down there for the game. Um, Indiana fans, that is. Um, and yeah, it's like you said, they just have everything to play for. Their season's slipping away pretty quick here. Uh, their schedule is brutal. Uh, they got, we were talking about this, obviously they scheduled Cincinnati um, and then they got the the short end of the stick with the Iowa draw, especially game one. Uh, <laughs> your hardest crossover of the year is on the, the road at Kinnick team on the road in the first game of the year. So that's a tough uh, pill to swallow right off the bat. Uh, you mentioned they, it doesn't get any easier for them for another four or five weeks. Um so yeah, and on top I mean, of that, like everything on top of that scheduling wise, they haven't had a home game in it by the time we play. So we kick off this game on the 16th. They haven't had a home game since the 18th of September. Those fans are going to be just dialed into this one. They, they haven't had a home game in a month. Yeah. So it's, yeah, it's a spooky game. I mentioned it's almost Halloween and uh, they're playing right into that. It's um, 
it scares the hell out of me. And you've got on the other side, you've got a Michigan State team who's six and zero. Um, I'm sure they're confident. I'm sure all the coaches and the players for that matter are doing their best to keep their heads on straight, stay in the moment, stay focused. Don't let, you know, your heads get too big, but at the end of the day, it's a six and O team. And there's a lot of extra pressure and it's a lot to, uh, kind of carry around in your head. And, uh, it, it could be distracting. Um, and we're coming off a big road win, have to go right back out, get back on the road, do it again against probably a bit stronger team. Um, and uh, yeah, you mentioned they got two weeks to prepare. So you've got your backup QB in there, but he's had two weeks of reps with the first team to get ready. They've got a game plan against us that I'm sure they think um, could work for them. And uh, and we're going to have our work cut out for us. So it's a game you can't overlook. It's a game, obviously, would be very disappointing to lose with uh, the Michigan matchup coming up. Obviously, a lot's been made of a potential top 10 matchup there. And uh, yeah, Mel Tucker's got his work cut out for him to, to keep the guys focused as we travel down to uh, the Hoosier State. Yeah, and I've, I've given Mel Tucker a ton of, of credit for how he's kept this team focused week in, week out this season. But it's hard to keep 18, 19, 20, 21 year olds away from the press clippings, right? We were, uh, I was listening to a podcast earlier today and they were talking about uh, Georgia. And how Georgia is now basically undisputed number one, and the 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 host was talking like, how are they going to carry that? You know, this this is a team that's you know they've they've been in the spotlight for a while now, but they have never had to deal with, hey, we're number one. There's always been Alabama, there's always been Clemson, and now Georgia's dealing with that. How is Michigan State going to deal with, hey, you are a top ten football team? You're going on the road as a favorite. You know, that's a lot to ask of of young kids who, you know, are are susceptible to listening to some of the noise around them, to, you know, going out to the bar after the game and and you know, getting a little too comfortable with people coming up and praising them about how good they've been this year and and seeing the tweets and reading all the stuff there there's a dynamic there that is is really interesting when it comes to college football how is michigan state going to carry that top 10 ranking um is is just another one of the there's a lot of off the field you know x factor type things that go into this game and almost none of them on paper go in our favor so that's that's something where we'll break down some x and o's type stuff but that worries me uh, quite a bit. So, uh, but let's, you know, let's get into some of these X's and O's and we'll, we'll actually kind of start previewing this game. So Michigan state, when we have the ball, obviously we, we read off a lot of the stats last, uh, last episode. And if you haven't listened to it, go back in the feed, listen to the recap uh, on Monday from the Rutgers game. There are a lot of statistics that are coming out uh, about this Michigan State offense that are incredibly exciting, uh, things that we haven't seen or heard in a long time. It's explosive. It's It's got a lot of dynamics to it. Um, going up against an Indiana defense that is still pretty tough, I'll, I'll read some stuff off for them. But, Scott, what, what really sticks out to you when you look at Michigan State with the ball in this matchup on Saturday? Well... Indiana's defense, first and foremost, is opportunistic. We saw it last year. I think they had 16 or 17 interceptions. Um, They forced plenty of fumbles. 
Um, it's, a, it's a defense you can typically move the ball on a little bit, but they're going to take their chances and try to get the ball back for their offense, set them up with good field position. And they've already started to do that this year again, not to the same degree. I think they only have uh, six forced turnovers so far this year, actually four uh, forced turnovers. So they're struggling to get the same production out of their defense, but it's still Tom Allen's defense, and they're going to do everything they can to set up uh, Jack Tuttle and company for with a short field. So, I mean, knock on wood, Michigan State's been good with the ball this year uh, as far as turning it over, exact opposite of last year. When you look at the matchup last year against Indiana, we lost 24 to nothing. We had four turnovers. They had none. Uh, they had short fields. They cashed it in, and that's exactly how they controlled that game. Obviously, our team was very different then in a whole lot of ways. Um, but that's first and foremost the key here for Michigan State. Hold on to the ball because Indiana is going to put you in positions to try to take it away. Um, beyond that, it's an interesting defense because they don't have like a specific phase they're weaker in. Every game they've played this year, especially the ones that they've lost where opposing offenses have had success, it's taken a very balanced approach where they have maybe about 200 passing yards and about 200 rushing yards or a little bit more in the passing. But either in, in either case, um, you need a balanced approach. Obviously, Michigan State, that's one of the things that's been said. Our offense is developing into a very balanced offense. But on the same token, if Indiana forces us to, to, to sustain drives, how are we going to respond? A lot's been made now of the Michigan State's offense being a home run offense, right? And that's exciting, and we shouldn't stop. Obviously, if we can hit home runs, our coaches are not going to hold us back from doing that. But it, let's say Indiana plays you know, a, a really good cover two shell or cover four and just keeps everything underneath and forces us to sustain drives. How are we going to handle that? Um, and, and that's, I think probably what you have to try to do against this team. Um, you can't really take away one phase or the other. You take away the run and our receivers are going to run wild to take away the throw and Kenneth Walker is going to have another career day. So you really got to play balanced and keep everything underneath and, and hope you can force some bigger mistakes like turnovers. Um, their pass rush hasn't been very productive so far this year. I think they only have six sacks in, in five games. So hopefully our offensive line can uh, stack up well and keep that trend going. But yeah, I think it's going to take a balanced, steady approach for Michigan State to continue to move the ball down the field and then um, let the defense do its thing. Yeah, Indiana's defense, you mentioned last year, they were a havoc team, right? They were causing turnovers left and right. Uh, and it just hasn't really been the case this year. But the one thing I, I will say, I was going back and watching a couple of these games. Um, one difference, so Indiana blitzes a lot. They they blitzed a lot last year. They blitz a lot this year. That that hasn't really changed. The biggest difference for me is is last year, they were getting pressure with four. And then when they blitzed, you had no chance. This year, they're getting no pressure with four guys. All of their production in terms of tackles for loss and sacks seems to come through the blitz. And, you know, I was going through this like they there have been teams. Iowa put up 34 points on them in uh, Penn State, put up 24 points on them. Cincinnati put up 38 points on them. And you might say, man, this Indiana defense just isn't really that good, right? I, I was not a good offense. How are they scoring 30? 
Um, you know, Cincinnati, they're, they're mostly a defensive team. They, they can light people up, but you know, they're, they're mostly scoring those big numbers against G five teams. You know, they shouldn't be scoring 38. Here are some, some things between those three games, again, Iowa, Penn state and, and Cincinnati, um, (laughs) against Iowa, their offense. So we're looking at Indiana's offense. And, and the point I'm trying to make here is that their offense has been putting them in bad spots time and time and time and time again. And to a certain extent, their defense has really stepped up and, and done the best they can given the circumstances against Iowa, the Indiana offense had three or four, three and outs, and they had three interceptions. All three of those interceptions came on the first three plays of the series, their first three plays of the drive. So not only are you turning the ball over, but you're putting your defense right back out on the field. You know, your offense is going out there three plays and then asking your defense to go out there again against an Iowa team that has a strong physical running game. You're not giving your defense a chance to to catch their breath, right? It's the same thing against Cincinnati. You had four three and outs. You had two interceptions, both of those interceptions in the first three plays of the drive. So you can consider that another three and out basically. Um, except with the added caveat that you're giving up great field position against Penn state. You had five, three and outs. You had one four and out. I guess you would say it was a three and out. They went for it on fourth down, didn't get it and two interceptions. And it was just like this defense has been put in terrible spots, hard field position. You know, they're, they're giving up field position inside the red zone. They're giving up field position, in, uh, you know, at, across the fifty-yard line. They're having to be going going right back out on the field after a long drive. Like for the spots that their offense has put them in, their defense has actually done a pretty good job of of holding teams off the scoreboard. You know, when you when you look at that context. So, I think this is a good Indiana defense, and like you said, it's it's going to take a balanced attack uh, to really get after them. Their running game, uh, the the run defense is susceptible to some big plays. Um, Tyler Goodson had a 56 yard touchdown run against them early in that Iowa game, but you know there there have been some big plays on the ground uh, to go against them. Uh, Cincinnati popped some big ones, uh, but at the end, in the end, they're still holding teams pretty much in check in the run game. Um, Cincinnati's running back uh, Jerome Ford. Who who has had a really good season? He had three point three yards a carry against Indiana. Um, Western Kentucky, you know, we know that they don't really run the ball very much, if not very well. Uh, Penn State, they had their leading guy Noah Kane. He had eleven carries for twenty three yards. wasn't really much doing there. Their backup running back John Lovett had ten carries for forty one yards. Not really a whole lot going there. Um, they had a third string guy go for nine yards a carry, but. You know, it's it's a pretty tough defense, all things considered. They're going to make you earn it for sure. You're going to have to put together a drive. You're going to have to put together a, a 9, 10, 15 play drive and, and go down the field because, you know, they're tough. They, they got a good defensive backfield that has had a lot of injuries, but they should have pretty much everybody back and healthy. Again, that's, you know, key, key spot for the bye week for them. They have uh, one of their corners, uh, is one of the best. He was a preseason All-American, and 
there, there's a lot of ways that Michigan State's offense can beat somebody, but we're going to have to use all of them. And hopefully the, this Jalen Naylor um, explosion wasn't just a flash in the pan. Uh, hopefully Jaden Reed, you know, can get going a little bit. He's had a couple quiet-ish games uh, offensively, I guess, if you can say that. Um, and and we're going to have to keep rolling Kenneth Walker out there and, and you know, asking him to to do a lot for us. And it's going to be a tough test for the Michigan State offense at the end of the day. That's It's a long way to say that, that Michigan State's going to have to put together some drives, be balanced, and, and you know, go out and, and especially in a, in a tough crowd environment, really control the pace of this game. Yeah, yeah, it's... Um... It's an interesting matchup for the offense. You want the big plays, obviously, but I think they're going to be harder to come by than they were last week. Um, you mentioned Indiana's doing real well. They're only allowing 4.1 yards per rush. Um, I think we're averaging like seven plus as a team. So obviously that's a strength on strength right there. Um, and, and Indiana, I think it's really going to come down to, I think our offense will move the ball enough. I think we'll get close to our average in terms of scoring high twenties, close to 30. Um, if we just stick to our game and, and do what we do. But the big question is how will this Indiana offense, especially without their leader, Michael Penix jr. Um, how will they be able to move the ball and specifically, how will they be able to move the ball in the red zone? Right. That's becoming kind of the, the key against Michigan state for all of our games is you can move the ball down the field, but can you get it in the end zone? If you're kicking field goals, we're going to win. Um, and so far, Indiana has has struggled to score. I mean, it, there's especially against good competition. That's there's no real other way around it. Obviously, they're playing really really good teams um, in these losses, but scoring zero against Penn State, scoring six against Iowa, even to an extent, twenty four against Cincinnati in a game that was at higher paced with more possessions. Um, they've struggled to score. They're down to their backup quarterback. They don't have a lot of playmakers in the run game. They don't run the ball particularly well from a, you know, power perspective when the box is stacked. Um, so where are they going to get their touchdowns from? And we've shown as a team that you're not going to get home runs on us, um, in either phase running or passing. So when Indiana moves the ball into our end, how are they going to get it into the end zone? And I personally, I think they're going to need some, some chaos, some havoc, whether it comes off of turnovers with a really short field or defensive or special teams touchdowns. Uh, I, I really don't see how this offense is going to find the end zone enough against Michigan state to, to really put us on the ropes. Um, obviously we mentioned all the kind of emotional and mental things playing into this game. Um, so those could certainly play an impact. If we come out sleepy, we saw it against Rutgers in their first drive, right? We came out of sleep and a pretty bad offense walked down the field and scored on us. Um, and then they shaped up. So yeah, Kevin, as you look at Indiana's offense um, and you're, you know, Tom Allen and company making a game plan here and you know, you're going to get the ball down to the 30 down to the 25. I mean, where are you going to get those last couple first downs to get into the end zone? Yeah, that's, I mean, that's been the name of the game for both of us this year, right? Like our Michigan State's red zone defense has been awesome. And Indiana's red zone offense has been terrible. Like just from the numbers, again, they were 102nd in the country. And then situationally, it, you go back and watch that Cincinnati game. 
it was the fourth quarter. First of all, they were winning that game at, at for the beginning of the fourth quarter. Like it, they, they didn't get blown out by Cincinnati. They were winning the game in the fourth quarter. And even late in that game, they were down 30 to 24. They had just picked off uh, or, or gotten a fumble. I, I don't remember the situation, but they, their offense came onto the field on first and goal. That, that was the start of their drive. And they fumbled uh, like this, the first or second play and just gave it right back to Cincinnati. They, they went down, scored again, and, and iced that game. Like it's not only just looking at the numbers, but it's like the eye test too of like, what is this team doing in the red zone? And the thing that really sticks out, like you mentioned earlier, is that India, or I don't remember if you mentioned it earlier on the podcast or, or before the podcast, but Indiana's pretty much struggling to run the football. And when it comes down to red zone time, that's when, you know, the passing lanes are condensed. It's there's tight throwing windows. And if you can't run the football, it makes it really difficult to score in the red zone. And, and Indiana really can't run the football right now. Steven Carr's they're by far their leading rusher. He has 102 carries. The next highest guy has 28 carries. And that guy entered the transfer portal. The next highest guy has 17 carries. And that's their quarterback who's injured. The next highest guy has eight carries. So Steven Carr's 102 carries. Their next leading rusher right now that's available for this game has eight carries. So it's all Steven Carr right now. And he has 3.8 yards per carry. Again, for reference, Kenneth Walker has seven, over seven. So it, they've struggled to run the football, which makes it really difficult to, to score in the red zone. And when you're dropping back to pass, you're going up against a Michigan State defense that leads the Big Ten in sacks right now behind Jacob Panishuk, behind uh, hopefully Drew Beasley comes back soon, but he's got a couple for us behind Jeff Piotrowski, behind Simeon Barrow after a big game last week, uh, behind Maverick Hansen, behind these guys that are coming in on the blitz, whether it's Xavier Henderson or uh, Quiveris Crouch. All of these guys have multiple sacks on the year. And if, if you're going to try to drop back and throw the ball 40 times, um, sure, this, this secondary can be susceptible at times to giving up yards. We've seen that a couple times already this year, whether it was Miami or, or Western Kentucky, nickel and diming us down the field. But at the end of the day, you're also leaving yourself susceptible to, to drive killing sacks to, to plays like that. And then also this, this defense just in general has been pretty opportunistic. We've had four interceptions on the year. Um, I, I don't think I, that's been one narrative that I think is, is maybe not unfair is not the right way to say it, but maybe just, um, off base a little bit is that, you know, if, if you want to beat this Michigan state team, the best way to do it is just throw the ball because the secondary hasn't been very good. I think that's, that's kind of a narrative that's starting to develop because we're giving up a lot of, uh, of passing yards. And I just, I don't really think that's the case because if we're talking opposing passing offense, I have to take sacks into consideration there. I have to say, well, part of passing the ball is dropping back to pass. And if you don't even get the pass off and you get sacked, I, I have to look at that. Um, and, and at the end of the day, like we said, we're, we're giving up a, a bunch of yards. We're not giving up a bunch of touchdowns. We're taking the ball away. I, I just think that that's not really the way to beat us. Um, 
but unfortunately for other teams, it's, it's been pretty tough to run against us as well. And, and Indiana can't really run the ball. So that's going to be, I think the matchup here that really works into our favor is Indiana playing with a backup quarterback. Again, he's got some time to prepare um, and, and he has some experience, but Jack Tuttle, a guy who's thrown just over a hundred career passes uh, he's going up against a really tough opportunistic defense and, and a defense that I think is going to be ready for, for everything that Indiana throws at us. It's, it's not really anything that we haven't seen already this year. Uh, neutralizing Ty Freifogel, I guess, is the focal point, right? That's their, their big receiver. He's got 26 catches, 272 and a touchdown so far this year, which doesn't look like huge numbers, especially when we see what Jalen Naylor and, and Jaden Reed have been putting up on our side of the ball. But let's not forget what Ty Freifogel did to us last season when he put up 11 catches for 200 yards and two touchdowns uh, on Michigan State last year. And that was on a three-game stretch. Ty Freifogel, in the middle of last year, he played Michigan, Michigan State, Ohio State. He had seven catches for 142 yards and a touchdown, 11 catches for 200 yards and two touchdowns, seven catches for 218 yards and three touchdowns. This kid's a baller. Don't let the stats in 2021 fool you. Ty Freifogel can beat you. Uh, Peyton Hendershot, their tight end, is another big target for them. But I I think this is generally a pretty good matchup for us where I'm looking for some bracket coverage on Ty Freifogel, we're going to have a corner that's on him and we're going to have a safety kind of shading that way over the top to make sure he doesn't get behind us. Um, that's going to be huge for us. Yeah. And of course, how does Jack Tuttle throw the ball, right? I mean, he's a pocket passer a lot more than Michael Penix. He's right-handed, which is always scarier than their typical lefty. Uh, <laughs> and uh, no, I kid, but he's, yeah. I mean, we've got a couple guys we got to key in on. Uh, you mentioned Fry Fogel and, and Hendershot. You, you t- shut down those couple of guys, force Indiana to try to run the ball, and uh, and take care of the ball when you have it. I think that's that's the main key is just keep yourself out of trouble in this game. You know, you're on the road. You mentioned they're going to be desperate. There's going to be fans there. It's homecoming. The fans haven't been there in a month. It's going to be hostile. You got to control the momentum in a game like that. You you know you give up an early turnover. Maybe you get down by a score early. Uh, it's not going to be like Rutgers where they've got you know 25 fans trying to make some noise. It's going to be um, a Big Ten road game in the truest sense, and um, you've got to control the momentum. So take care of the football. Obviously, we'd love to get out to an early lead. That's easier said than done. Um, we've done it this year pretty well, but but not so much last week. And um, yeah, so how do we control the momentum? If we do get in kind of a um, uncomfortable situation, you know, down by double digits, something like that, how do you respond? How do you keep your head on straight when if things start to get, you know, a little bit uglier? That's something we haven't really seen from Michigan State is, being in a situation, let's say in the second half, where you're forced to come back, not not one possession, not, hey, you're down and you got to score. I'm talking, you got to put together, you know, a quarter of dominant football to claw your way back into a game. That's the situation you want to avoid in this one because um, Indiana's defense can turn it up when they need to. And I mentioned the environment's going to be tough and we haven't been tested in that way. And I'm not saying we couldn't handle it. Uh, I think Peyton Thorne's a perfect kind of quarterback to have in that situation where he keeps his head on straight and and stays steady and 
obviously Mel Tucker preaches a, a neutral, you know, a neutral mentality, but it's easy to bring a neutral mentality when you're winning all your games. How does that translate when your back's against the wall? And uh, as much as I'd love to see how Michigan state responds there, I think that's obviously your first priority to avoid. Just don't get in a situation where you have to try to come back uh, because you made too many mistakes in the first half. Yeah. We've had three road games this year and mostly controlled all of them. I, that Northwestern game, we controlled mostly start, start to finish after that 75 yard touchdown to start it off. Uh, Rutgers last week, you know, shaky early, but still controlled most of that game. And the Miami game, we, we pulled away in the fourth quarter. It, it was a close game for most of it, but like you said, we didn't ever like come back from anything in that one. So, you know, that's a situation we haven't really been faced with. Uh, the Nebraska game is probably the closest thing to it, but it's not like our offense put together a good half to, to claw our way back into that one. That was just half blind luck, half, you know, good play calling and a, and a special teams touchdown. But um, in what is becoming kind of a, a weekly uh, segment here in the preview podcast, you know, again, we'll get to our picks on Friday. Uh, make sure you're tuned in for that one. But I want to hit the over under here because again, it's, it's part of previewing this game is kind of like, well, what, what do we think this is going to look like? Is this going to be a game where both offenses are kind of moving their way effectively down the field? Um, and actually on, on that note, I'm seeing the line now at four and a half for Michigan state. So that line has moved up a little bit, uh, people hammering the Spartans, but the, the over under right now is a tricky number 51 and a half. So I I'll, I'll kind of go to you with this one. Uh, do you have a lean there? Uh, 51 and a half, four and a half point over under quick mental math that gets me to somewhere around what 28 24 somewhere in that neck of the woods um is it higher scoring is it lower scoring i where's your head out on that side of it i uh, i tend to lean lower scoring i think i, I mentioned i think it's going to be tough for indiana to find the yards if we can limit the big plays. If, if they get down into the red zone, I think it's going to be tough for them to find the end zone. I, I think 24 would be a good day for them against our defense. Um, to the same token, I think Michigan state um, is going up against a better defense than we saw last week. And they're going to be trying to take away the big play as much as anyone has this year against Michigan state and forcing us to slow the game down and plug away um, so in that respect, I want to say the under, um, but will Indiana be able to take away the big play? We don't really know. And, uh, um, nobody has yet, right? Yeah, nobody has. So it depends on, how, I think that over under really comes out to how Indiana tries to defend us. Are they taking chances to try to turn the ball over that maybe give us some shots for big plays, um, or, if they're successful, it gives them a short field, or does it turn into it, you know, take the big play away and make Michigan state plod their way down the field. But I'm going to say under um, more so because Indiana struggles to score than because we do. Yeah. Last week, the over under was right around the same number. It was 50, 50 and a half. I want to say, uh, and game finished at 44. Uh, I was about a, a full touchdown under, 
that total. And like you said, I mean, most of it was just credited to Michigan state's defense holding Rutgers to 13. So if you're expecting a similar kind of game, um, it it has a very similar over under to it at at the very least, actually almost identical lines here two weeks in a row. Um, I'm looking right now. So Michigan state Rutgers closed at Michigan state favored by four points with an over under of 49 and a half. Right now, looking at it, Michigan State's favored by four and a half points and the over-under is 51 and a half. So almost identical in terms of the way that Vegas sees these two games pregame. I would say pretty comfortably that Indiana is a better football team than Rutgers. I, I know the record doesn't really show that, but again, look at the teams that they've lost to. They hung right down to the wire with Cincinnati in in that football game. Again, they were leading in the fourth quarter and it was a one score game until Cincinnati scored with about two minutes left to, to go up by two touchdowns. Um, This is still a good Indiana football team. And this is a really tough test for Mel Tucker and and MSU going into Bloomington. So um, anything else before we get out of here in terms of the preview. And again, we'll get to the picks on Friday. We'll go against the spread for Michigan state. And for the other big slate games of this weekend, I know there's like Georgia and Kentucky that we'll get to, but um, in terms of previewing this thing, anything else? So last parting note here, ESPN has a stat called game control and they, they define game control as it reflects the chance that an average top 25 team would control games from start to end the way that, the evaluated team did. So in this case, obviously that's Michigan state. We're talking about given their schedule. So given the teams they've played Michigan state. So essentially it's how well do you, you know, stay out of trouble, right. In your games, how well do you define how the game's going and how the game ends Michigan state right now ranks fifth in the nation. Um, And I think it's felt that way for most of these games where, you know, barring maybe some trouble early, you know, we take control of the game around halftime and we do what we need to to come out with a comfortable win by the end of the game. I think we've seen that. Nebraska obviously was not the case in an overtime game, but Nebraska's looking like a tougher and tougher team these days. Uh, so take that with a grain of salt. So Michigan State's ranked fifth in the country. And I think I, the, the reason I bring that up, I think that's the key to this one. You just want to control it. You're on the road, you're in a hostile environment, you're in against a desperate, scrappy team who's going to be pulling out all the stops to try to put you in bad positions and, uh, and get any kind of advantage that they can. Um, But on paper, Michigan state's the better team. So you control this one, you get out to a lead, you take care of the football, you play stout defense and don't allow big plays and you come out there with a win. So uh, I guess, you know, sometimes Michigan state, it's hard to find um, defensive statistics or kind of, you know, statistics that show that you're really corralling the other teams with the defense that plays like ours do. We give up a lot of yards. Sometimes even the points don't look great, but at the end of the day, we can, we've controlled the games we've played so far. And that's why we're sitting at six and oh, that's what good teams do. And, uh, and I think that's, that's the main key in this one to control it and, and just show you're the, you're the better team. Don't make it an emotional game and uh, come back to East Lansing, hopefully seven and oh. Yep. And I don't know if anybody on the Michigan state football team is, is listening to us right now, probably not, but um, if they are be ready for a war, man, I, Tom Allen is, is nothing if he's not a motivator and 
again, the, the spot that this team is, is full on backs against the wall and, and clawing their way into a, back into a, a good season coming off the bye week. This is going to be a war, man. This, this is going to be a physical football game. I am really excited to watch this one again, Saturday noon kick on F <coughs> FS one, excuse me, voice is going out a little bit here. Uh, and, and I'm very excited to watch it. So let's, uh, let's wrap it there. I uh, hope everybody has, has a good uh, rest of your week here again, uh, make sure you're subscribed so that you get the picks first thing Friday morning when they are released and uh, share the, the podcast with a friend. Uh, the, the, the Monday episode, we did pretty well so far. We want to keep that going. Um, so if you haven't listened, go back and listen, but uh, share it with a friend. If, if you have any Michigan State fans out there that you know are, are needing more Michigan State content, it's an exciting year. We're in the top 10, man. Uh, people need to be listening. So, so just share the link with a friend. Send a message. Send it to the group chat, whatever it might be. We really appreciate it. Um, and, and continue to, to follow us on, on social media and, and keep interacting with the show next week. Obviously we have a bye week We have some plans. Uh, part of it is definitely going to be a, a full on mailbag. We haven't really done a whole lot of that, uh, since the season has started. So, you know, if you have any questions right now, feel free to DM or something. Um, uh, but, but kind of get, get those ready start thinking about some things you want us to talk about we'll we'll hit plenty of that and uh yeah hope you enjoyed the show we'll talk to you on friday so go green all right take care folks